Welcome to TA1. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson, and that's my phone going off. So uh, I'm not going to start over again. Let's just leave it. It's planning, planning for tomorrow's hike. So there you go. Um, what's going on? World Championships. I think everybody's headed that way in the next day or two. So uh, hope you have fun. We'll watch out for the stingrays. And then um, the other thing we got is a little little housekeeping here. And then got a nice email from Liam St. Pierre. And he's like, uh, why don't you let us know who's going to be on next week at the end of the episode or something. And, and maybe we could ask some questions. And that's fair enough, other than the fact that that would take like a professional podcast. But 90% of the time, I don't know who's going to be on in the next week. <laughs> Sometimes I'm able, I always try to get a few uh, uh, interviews done ahead of time. So I have a couple, so I can't get backed up. But And then sometimes it's uh, Wednesday or Thursday before I put it out, before I talk to somebody. So um, that's a good idea. Just doesn't work. Other than once in a while, like you said, for uh, Primal Quest, I knew they were coming on and we could ask questions. So if uh, I have something like that, I know somebody's coming up. You know, in a week or two, I could do that to let people know. Um, maybe on the Facebook page or Twitter or some of that. Things like that. So, um, but thanks for the feedback. It's nice to know that somebody's listening out there. Um, this week's episode is with Jason Brown, who raced with Bones at Primal Quest. And this is one of those that uh, recorded a few weeks ago. And actually was going to put it up last week. And got to town and was going to... Just the phone again. Not the doorbell. Um, I was going to put it up last week and I'm like, oh, it's not on my laptop. So here it is this week. Um, I think I say this all the time, but it's kind of interesting. Jason's got a neat, a little bit different background than you might expect. So um, that's it. The weekend is here, so as I'm doing this, it's Friday night, feeling better, get a nice little hike in tomorrow, So, and then I think I might get to go to my favorite place, um, Primal Quest, 09 people cover your ears, but I think I'm going to go out to Railroad Buttes for a little bit, and uh, enjoy the nice weather that we're having, so everybody else, Go fast, take chances, don't take too many chances if you're in Brazil, and we'll uh, talk to you later. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hello, it's Jason. Hey, Jason, this is Randy. Randy, how you doing? Good. I bet you the call said it was coming from California. Actually, it came as an unknown number, so oh. <laughs> I'll be careful how I answer that one. Yeah, that's why I always tell people I'll let them know when I'm getting ready to call, because it's through Skype, so... You know, it sometimes it gotcha. says it's coming from California. I think once it said it came from Georgia. So, <laughs> but uh, all right. How's your brain? <laughs> how's my brain? Yeah, you've been studying uh, hard. Yeah, it's, it's doing well. I mean, finishing up uh, one rotation of classes here in in the MBA program and getting ready to start the next rotation. So, um. So it's been keeping keeping busy lately here altogether, but it's, it's been it's been very good. Uh, actually, three quarters of the way, almost three quarters of the way through the MBA program now. 
So, and what are you going? What are you going to be when you get an MBA? <laughs> well, that that is also in the process of oh, okay. analyzing that now. <laughs> so, um, certainly, you know, just a couple things keep me busy every now and then. Yeah. Well, that's good. All right. So I don't want to dwell on this all day, but fifty-six hours. <laughs> well, especially when you plan for 30 hours. I think that's part of the key, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I think Roy put it very well by in, entering his uh, race report by saying, you know, we, we visited Purgatory there at a place called, well, aptly named Hell. Yeah, it really was. Um, it, it was one of these, uh, these interesting, one of these scenarios when, uh, we pushed really hard, and I think the key part was actually getting to that bike leg um, mm-hmm. before we even entered um, that 56-hour um, uh, the the nightmare that it was. Yeah. Um, where we we pushed hard through the through the white water. Um, we saw the next trek section, and uh, realized that you know we we had a limited amount of time to to make this and um, before the dark zone closed, and so all came together with the same objective and basically ran um, most of the time when we could. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a couple errors um, uh, to cross the uh, to cross the river again, but uh, for the most part took a pretty clean route um, and pushed ourselves so we, we made it to um, uh, to the uh, white water uh, dark zone cutoff actually as the dark zone just opened. And so that was huge. I mean, when we got to that point, we realized, okay, there's, you know, it, we have a we have a big lead, assuming Godzone doesn't make the dark zone. Um, at that stage, we weren't quite sure if they were going to be able to push through the night like we did. And and as, you know, if we have um, have gotten them by the day, essentially through the dark zone, um, it's ours to lose. In other words, mm-hmm. we're thinking, okay, anything could still happen. Um, we're thinking that anything could be more of a like mechanical or you know something of that nature. Uh, not not of the sort that. Um, you know, we were stuck in a place called hell, but. <laughs> well, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, we, people think you had, it was over. You guys knew better, right? Yeah, I don't think we ever concluded that the race was, was won at that stage. Cause, yeah. I mean, there's certainly a ton of race, and we've seen major leads disappear, you know, by mm-hmm. watching other, other races as well. But um, it was a good feeling to have that sort of lead. Uh, but that stage is like just don't do anything stupid, you know. And uh, we had actually Mary Poker derailer on one of our descents on the west uh, on the Western Sage Trail. Um, nighttime riding, you know, a lot of a lot of technical um, rocks that were going down. And uh, luckily, she had a spare hanger, so it took us only a couple minutes to repair that. And you know, she was off uh, being the superhero action figure she is and, and crushing the trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always the trail's fault. So I have a question. So you had thirty hours of food. When do you when do you start realizing that we need to, you know, start rationing? Yeah, I mean it was about at sundown that we had gathered together. What food do we have left? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mary became our our person to ration the food and hand us out, you know, our little dinner time snack or you know. Um, uh, or a little piece of, you know, granola bar, um, on each hour. And so that, that started actually on, on the evening, probably about 24 hours before we actually finished the leg. Yeah. Um, and it just got worse, you know, as we're, as we're going through and, uh, again, 
super excited about the one gummy bear or the one, uh, uh, yeah, the one, one little piece of uh, sugary candy that would be handed to us, you know, in the hour. You know, that would that little piece of candy would, would light us up. You know, yeah, the gummy bear. <laughs> um, it, it got it got even a little bit worse then because at that stage then we were licking the salt on the bottom of the bag and and all we had left were Listerine strips. And so at that stage, you know, yes, I got Listerine strips, six calories. <laughs> <laughs> six more than you had. So anything to get. Yeah. Exactly. So, and you guys, the way you came up, you didn't run into any campers or able to steal food from the road crews or anything like that, like 4050 did some in some of those teams, right? I guess we were not as lucky as 4050 yeah. in coming across as many people. Mm-hmm. Um, we did actually run into... Um, to one lady who was walking um, right before we got to the Route Crown Trail. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, Mary and I dismounted our bikes, and um, it must have been a sight for her to see now. We thought about it later. Um, I was totally covered in soot from um, our our bike whack through where the King's Fire had gone through mm-hmm. the year before. And, you know, Mary's pleasant and all, and probably uh, a lot more attractive than I at that stage as well, too. <laughs> um, but we were just, you know, talking to her and asking her, hey, do you have any type of food? Uh, anything else and graciously she did offer us um a can of uh can of soup and uh some peanuts and so we devoured that rather quickly yeah. um uh so that helped you know keep us going for you know, a couple more hours before we continue to hit rock bottom you know without being without food uh conserving our light batteries uh <laughs> and yeah. progressing you know all doing this all while biking on the Rubicon Trail at night, mm-hmm. you know, half asleep or pretty much asleep. So yeah, it was uh, epic. <laughs> and I will, I'll, I'll give you this little heads up from seeing the show on outside. They, they yeah. thought it was pretty epic too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's awesome. It, I mean, the, the group from outside was cool to them all around. I mean, yeah. um, obviously Rob, Matt, the team. Uh, always scattered through, you, you'll find them, you know, throughout the transitions, but uh, it, it is exciting to see that type of publicity that, that was being generated uh, for the sport, um, as well as their, you know, the passion for capturing, capturing the shots and, and putting together the film. So yeah. I'm looking forward to actually uh, finding a place where I can, I can watch, uh, watch the episode myself. Well, it's in the mail. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I already, I've already kind of told in the last, because this, this will either be next week or the week after. So um, mm-hmm. I, on the last one I put out, I kind of let people know that if you get in touch with me, I can, uh, can hook you up, so to speak. It's kind of one of those gray areas, I think. So, but hey, <laughs> I, I left all the commercials in, <laughs> so you, you get that. So I'll get that. Um, just. You're a good person to know, yes, in that stage. <laughs> <laughs> someday, someday on the trail when you're really bored, I'll tell you that it was it was quite a story getting it. So, um, anyway, <laughs> but I when I let's see how do I put this when you guys rescued me on the Rubicon. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, it would have been a while. You might have found that campsite eventually down there. Well, <laughs> I was little. I was going to turn. I mean, I was just ready to when I saw your lights. I was just ready to turn around. Because I knew I would get back up onto the open rock and just yeah. hunker down, wait till daylight, you know. It, and the only, because, well, let's see, I think I had a little food with me. Um, but, you know, I, I had, it wouldn't have been that big a deal other than 
I had some footage I wanted to get up. But um, you could have drank a little bit of Mountain Dew at that stage could have had too. A Mountain Dew. I think you had some of that on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, at that point, I think you were having a good. You were having a good moment, and I don't think anybody else was because when I think back at the race, almost always my first memory is Roy and Mary when I ran into you guys, and that was not the Roy and Mary that I knew. <laughs> I mean, they were just really <laughs> quiet and really... I, I think they were having a bad moment. Um, so when, well, when was think, your bad moment? <laughs> well, I think you caught that a rarity because uh, Roy and Mary, they crushed that, of course. And, uh, and yeah. I mean... <laughs> Very certainly be one of the one of the strongest racers I've ever raced with. Yeah. You know, having having that positive attitude, keeping us keeping us rolling throughout. Um, Roy, you know, sense of leadership, uh, having a lot of experience, and you know, um, being there through those moments where I was I was down <laughs> quite a bit. Um, I think one of my uh, one of my lowest points was um, Calvert's Dome. You know, trying to make my way up up that. Uh, that massive slab of rock. Yeah. Uh, I decided uh, the week of to change my system, uh, uh, the equipment that I was using. Yeah, that's always a good idea. You know, yeah. it's something you're comfortable with and practicing, working through. Let's change it all up and do something different. But, yeah. Okay. You know. So, so I, ch I changed up my system. I actually bought a new piece of um, equipment to use as a chest harness uh, in Tahoe. So I mean, that's how late in the game I, I decided mm -hmm. to switch up how I was working things. Uh, I tested out on the tree, um, uh, not far from uh, a place where Mary used to live, up on the hill. And it worked fine then, uh, but when I got to the actual rope, um, my piece of equipment was designed to hold 11 meter rope, 11 millimeter rope, and uh, which w we had 11 millimeter rope for the actual race. Uh, but at some parts, there was duct tape on the rope in the very beginning, oh. and. Uh, I struggled to fit the duct tape through the to the pencil basic, which I use as a chest sender. And and from then on, I, I kind of had a little bit of struggles because the uh, um, rope jammed, and then my carabiner jammed into the, um, the sender. And uh, eventually, actually, the equipment started just malfunctioning. My my harness loosened up a little bit as well, so it made for a creative climb um, that expelled so much more energy than I needed to. Yeah. Um, it was much more difficult than I was used to uh, for, for ascending. Um, and eventually when I got up to the uh, um, about one and three quarters or about up to the second uh, switchover um, between the different ropes, I was finally able then to re-rig my system, have the chest ascender you know, completely taken out of play and just go back to the style I was used to. And my gosh, it was a night and day difference. So... <laughs> So luckily, my team was able to sleep a little bit while I, um, why you, you know, why you were able to do that. every inch of that piece of rock. Yeah. <laughs> so, but for me, that was just so much energy expelled. Uh, didn't have water at that stage. I ran out of water on the rock, um, yeah. and you know, I, I knew I was going to be making it to the top. But um, <laughs> when you're 40, 60 feet into a 1,200 foot climb, and you're having issues with your equipment. It's, it's, it's a little uh, demoralizing. Yeah. Uh, prop, props to the team, though, for um, for the Primal Quest team, the safety team there. They had a lot of backup systems in play, too, and I heard my harness was having issues. And um, So we're, we're very safe out there, but yeah. uh, it was still a slow progress. 
Well, it's almost, yeah, you're just expending so much extra energy that you shouldn't have to. It, and it, it all adds up. It's like getting thrown out of the rubber ducky. You know, you don't, you don't <laughs> think it's that big a deal, and, but then you look at somebody that just swam 200 yards, you know, and got beat up, and you look at them, and they're, like, exhausted. So, you know, it's yeah, all those little but things. But the nice thing is you're cooled off then, too, if you get yeah. thrown out of a little boat. So. Yeah, there's, there's a little both of that. So, um, how, did, how did you uh, end up racing with Bones? Because you're, you're an East Coast guy. Or yeah. Or East Coast, yeah, Midwest. You're not a you're not a California guy. <laughs> Where am I from? Um, yeah, I'm East Coast. Uh, originally from the Philly area. Um, actually, currently in Indiana right now, just for the MBA program. Yeah. Um, and this past summer, actually, I was living in Florida, uh, uh, working down in Florida for my internship to to the program, and uh, got a phone call from Roy, and uh, he was looking for uh, a couple people who would be one available to race Primal Quest and experienced racers. Um, and, you know, had some expedition experience, um, but also, you know, the, in the spirit of Primal Quest, you know, being relaunched, mm-hmm. uh, looking to, uh, bring into, into play some, some younger racers, um, who are, you know, still perhaps getting the 10 day or nine day race experience and, um, people who think that, uh, he could continue the, the mission of being top three. Mm-hmm. Um, really, you know, we're, we're rooting for top one, but, uh, end of the day, uh, you could fulfill those objectives. So that, that was cool. I mean, getting that phone call from Roy, yeah. I was, I was in my apartment in Florida looking around the flat landscape thinking, <laughs> oh crap, <laughs> I was hoping to do primal quest, but I'm thinking how many bridge repeats do I have to do to get prepared for climbing these mountains out in Tahoe? Um, and that, that was tough. I mean, like it, it, I don't know how Jen Muse does it, living there all the time. Uh, but, I mean, it's super hot down in Florida, especially in the summer. Um, and, you know, climbing uh, every bridge that you can, repeating, going back and forth in circles until, you know, the, the, the traffic cops just figure out what the heck is going on here. Um, it's doing at 5 a.m., 9 at night, so it's yeah. a little bit cooler perhaps. Uh, but it was one of these opportunities that I just been turned down. I was available and um, – and fantastic experience for work racing it uh, with one of the best teams out there. Yeah. Um, what was some, what was the biggest surprise to you for the race? I mean, going into a nine day race and, you know, there's obviously expectations, but what was something that either exceeded or didn't live up to your expectation? Um, well, so as far as, exceeded expectations i think even the um the race organization how well it was put together mm-hmm. um and how much support we had from the local community mm-hmm. so i mean we've done a lot of races there you go in the middle of nowhere and you know no one knows about it and mm-hmm. they always look at you weird or, or um the dogs are you know catching you as you go by um but as we were going down the lower fork of the american river and we have all these other people in boats just cheering, go Bones, go Bones, you know. Oh, yeah, you guys are number one. You know, how the heck do they know this, you know, <laughs> and, um, and know what we were doing. And um, it was pretty cool to be surrounded by an atmosphere where people were um, knowledgeable of venture racing and, uh, you know, re- respected the sport and were excited just to, you know, run into us and, and to cheer for us for the moment that we passed by. Yeah, um, yeah. So 
And so that was scattered throughout the, the entire course when, um, we're on the river, when we're biking through town. Um, and, uh, I, I think part of that's a testament to, to, um, Maria, David, and Paul when they're, you know, developing the course and, um, you know, creating a little bit of, um, publicity for it or outside TV and in, you know, the bars at night. Um, but it, it was one of those exciting moments. I, I did feel the, uh, the love of being a hometown favorite. Um, you know, not due to Jim and I being the East Coasters, but because Mary and Rory are from the area. Um, yeah. it, it was a lot of support and that was, that was pretty cool as well. It was. It, it's kind of an interesting, if you stop to think about it, it's, you're in such, uh, in, a, in not wilderness, but such rugged terrain and such interesting spots and out in the middle of nowhere, but you kind of, there are a lot of places where you were around a lot of people. It's it's really interesting. I mean, it almost seems like the perfect thing for adventure race because it because man, it was an adventure. But then every once in a while, you did get that uh, you know bump of people, kind of nice. Yeah, I mean, there was that fifty six hour that yeah, like you, you talked anyway. about before, where where we were no, we, we kind of were the kings and queens of the reservoir of, of Hell Hole, but yeah, <laughs> and certainly didn't see any people there. Actually, we went we went probably about four days in the race without even seeing another team. Yeah, um, and, and so, I mean, we, we did feel at times, you know, that we were, we were out there without seeing civilization, but um, we did go through the towns and, and, you know, at least you had the, the truckers going by on for their logging missions or whatever, uh, different points in time. So yeah, we had some civilization. Yeah. No, it seems like a kind of a nice mix to me. You get a little bit of that, but go, um, so, what the hell have you done in your in your racing career that made Roy call you? <laughs> well, how did you, basically how did you get started in this sport? <laughs> okay, that's two two questions here. So yeah. it started in actually, uh, oh gosh, uh, two thousand nine. It was. Um, I was actually a decathlete um, throughout college. Okay, uh, and. So, you know, the longest race I had to do is a 1500 and you don't really focus as much on the 1500 when you put your macro together for, um, for the decathlon because you have nine power events or explosive events and, you know, the one that's, um, it's kind of an outlier. So I was a sprinter, a sprinter and jumper, um, and did the decathlon post-collegiately as well as, you know, continue to do triple jump, uh, did some other ultra endurance events, uh, for track world where it was, you know, the double decathlon and, uh, the double heptathlon, so essentially every event in indoor track and field in two days and every event in outdoor track and field in two days. Um, and got some random, very random records in that or um, uh, an American record in the Tetra Decathlon 5K. So you put enough words to it, anyone can get to that stage. Um, so that's where my background was. And um, uh, through some local events, uh, Gold's ARA events, I started getting involved into adventure racing and um I mean it became a really good combination for me of um of my different things I enjoy doing. You know, I enjoy running, I enjoy biking. Um I I love maps, you know, and, and evaluating training. Paddling at that stage, you know, I put up with paddling and you know <laughs> keep working on it to get faster. But yeah. I, I think that's par for a lot of racers. Um yeah. and you know, I had some success with that and uh won a couple of events pretty quickly and uh, from there was recruited on to uh, the gold ARA team. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
uh, last year in 2014 at USA National, um, we won the fastest orienteering team for the, for the one leg and, uh, uh, and, and, you know, some success at other, other regional races where we'd be winning them. Uh, I have a desire obviously to, um, race on team, uh, race, uh, or excuse me, uh, problem class, race on team, uh, as well as the my mountain adventure challenge year before where we got third with, we got third with Naira in that one. Um, so all this came together is racing with Gold's ARA. Um, Abby, uh, Perkins was talking to Mary right before doing Alaska. And you know, the conversations were, hey, Mary, who are you guys racing with for, for Primal Quest? And she's like, well, we're still trying to figure out our last two. Um, and it was just a combination of, um, I guess, uh, uh, good timing and uh, and us being available. So um, Abby recommended uh, Jim and myself. And, and so Mary called Roy and said, hey, you know, I'm about to race Alaska. You can take care of this, but here, here are two people. Um, uh, reach out to them and, and tell me what you think and, and move forward. So, yeah. well, it's that uh, community, right? Yeah. If if you yeah. don't know somebody, you know somebody that knows them, right? Oh gosh, yeah. It's, I think that's the cool thing about adventure racing. It's, it's such a tight knit community. Um, we're all kind of a little bit stalkers. Uh, yeah, you know, we follow each other on Facebook quite a bit. See what other people are out to. Um, we're on attack point, you know. Yeah. Viewing each other's training logs and uh, <laughs> and yeah. taking a little bit of tidbits here and there, whether it be a picture you post. Uh, um, I, I know I probably haven't shared this before with with Kyle, but uh, before their uh, South Africa race one year, he posted you know a, a blog about doing multi-day adventure races, and that's when I first got into it. So I saved that one and you know <laughs> refer to that every now and then to get a little bit of tidbits um, from his perspective as well. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Well, it's it's um yeah you you just know everybody that i'm going i'm going to belize cover the race and there's not there's not even a team list out but i already know everybody on two of the teams that are going <laughs> yeah yeah because you just well, see gonna... you know yeah oh you're oh they're oh they're going i'm actually on one of my flights is with uh i don't know what their name is but um two seat from colorado is going and like yeah we're flying into belize together <laughs> so that's yeah. awesome you don't have a good time with that race i did that one a couple of years ago and you get to some pretty remote parts um in in the jungle and this year actually it's going a little bit further remote uh the biggest concern there obviously is the snakes i hate snakes so yeah. um <laughs> you can google that one find a ton of different you know nocturnal as well you know snakes will be in the trees and they and snakes will be in the ground uh so, I mean, you're, you're never safe down there from this thing. Yeah, so, I'm just not even going to worry. Luck. Not going to look or worry about it. <laughs> if it is what it is, right? So, I'm I'm no, actually exactly. a little more concerned because it looks like there's going to be some caving, and I'm okay <laughs> in big caves, and I'm not very good in little caves. So we'll <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> but would make you feel better that it's probably only been. You know, a couple dozen people in some of the caves that you you're going into ever before. So yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> but I but I also file find out. You know, I don't like water either. But you know, throw me, give me my camera in my hand, and yeah, I'll go out and put my put my life jacket on and go out and lay in the middle of the water and wait. So even though I did almost drown in the American River because I was I waited out the second day on the. Yeah, it would have been the second day, 
and waiting for one of the teams goodbye because you know I'm down in the water shooting it's really cool and by the time I walked back out tried to walk back out the water had gone from ankle deep to mid thigh because coming up oh yeah it's like oh that's kind of got pretty ugly in another five minutes so but um, yeah um so that was a good section it was what what was your favorite section of the race (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that actually that section was my favorite part. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, it, for one, we came off of um, a couple hot legs, and it was refreshing actually. Yeah. Had the water splashing into your face, and um, we had guided that river before, so he kind of gave us a tourist perspective and gave us the names of each of the rapids before we got there, and um, you know, I could follow his line. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we did spill during Troublemaker. All four of us spilled during Troublemaker, yeah. but. For the most part, we hit a pretty efficient route. Uh, we broke. Jim and I managed to both break our paddles, uh, so that, that was unfortunate. But then, that, so I was in the back and uh, and took the um, the single blade um, and used that as a as a rudder, pretty much. While I gave him my paddle that you could kind of hold together still to to provide us with a little propulsion from the front. Um, so we we had a couple of hurdles that we came by, you know, came through and pretty much with three paddles or or three uh, blades. Yeah. Um, but altogether, that was just, it was an exciting part of the race. It was a great river, um, constant action um, as we went down. Uh, and um, although it was crowded, um, people were excited to see the racers and, and continue to cheer us on to get out of our way so we can, you know, keep moving. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, when I was down there, I went down to, I don't know, one of the, one of the, you know, like a open space, could hike down to the river, and sitting there in the afternoon waiting. And I think for two and a half hours, it was literally nonstop rafts and, and kayakers coming through. So, and they, mm-hmm. they like their water. Yeah, I mean for good reason too. That's a yeah. that's a great course there to be racking down. Yeah, it is. Um, oh, so I know what I want. So, are you guys going to go to God Zone? Uh, so to be decided, uh, we represent. <laughs> so yeah, the conversations are still being uh, being tossed around there as far as um, yeah. who'll be making the travels, and uh, I mean Bones will certainly be there. We um, we as a team have uh, a little bit to uh, to bring back, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little bit to avenge on on our our second place. I mean, second place is certainly a fantastic finish for. Um, for myself personally, the hardest race I've ever been a part of. Yeah. Um, but when you have a day's lead, you kind of get a little bit, uh, a taste wanting a little bit more. So mm-hmm. that'll be a good time to avenge that, uh, that second place finish. So, so some, somebody will be there to avenge you, right? Is that what you're saying? You just don't know who yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, part of that will be a logistic element yeah. and, uh, and and who will be um, going for bones? And I know for myself, at some um, some point, I definitely get to New Zealand. So I've not been there, and and that's top on my bucket list as far as uh, as far as places to see and experience. And and there's really no better way to experience a place than, than doing a race. I mean, you see so much more and so much less time. So. Well, that's yeah. I've talked with that with a lot of people. It's like, you know, you go someplace on a vacation or something, and you're running, you're biking, or whatever. It inevitably you find the really cool spot the last day, and with adventure racing, 
the first day they start you with a really cool spot and you get 10 more days of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Don't always appreciate it to the fullest extent, but I mean, just love racing too, so. Yeah. Well, you know, race directors always take you to their favorite spots and they're usually pretty good. You know. Um, the other thing I want to talk to you about is apparently you guys recovered pretty good and then went to uh, USARA and did quite well. Yeah, that was that was a second place furniture that had a little bit of a different reaction, you know, where yeah. um, where Primal Quest we we you know we're a day up and so you know you're hoping to get that first place finish and in the last couple of days still reaching hard at that. Um, mm. uh, USARA uh, that was obviously the best finish that we've had um, finishing in second and um, and that was cool. We kept moving up the ranks as the race went on, pushing faster and. Um, worked together well as a team. Uh, we we actually uh, brought in uh, our some of our competition from Primal Quest mm-hmm. volunteer team. Uh, the day before Primal Quest started, we got Jim and I got an email from um, from our third member of our team saying that she broke her collarbone mm-hmm. uh, on a bike on a group ride. At that stage, I mean, we couldn't really worry about it too much because we were about to you know <laughs> yeah. go into into the world for a week. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't know about that part. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as, by the end of the race, um, uh, we had seen uh, Katie finish and uh, seen Journey finish. Um, talked to a couple of her teammates and um, you know, then had a quick conversation with her. Um, uh, knowing that she wanted to do uh, USA race and didn't have a team. Um, and uh, Jim and I uh, go pretty fast on on foot, and so that's pretty much our interview. Is you know how how are you doing on on foot? And then she's like, well, that's my best discipline. Okay, perfect. This will work out. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I, I mean, by the by the day after, probably while she was still a little delusional from Princeton Primal Quest, uh, we had her committed to um, to join Gold ARA, join our team for um, nationals, mm-hmm. and. Um, and so I mean, she was she was really fantastic. She exceeded her expectations and um, and embraced our will, our desire to you know to finish on the podium, um, to push hard, and uh, and it all actually worked out uh, very well in the end. Yeah, yeah. But then, okay, here's the uh, adventure racing is a small community. Katie yeah. and my wife raced together in Untamed New England in ten. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, she was tell me about that a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. Our, our difficulty started early, and so we were waiting for our luggage for about four hours mm-hmm. um, in Louisville. And that's where she was telling me about all these stories with <laughs> Race Untamed. And, yeah. yeah. I will have to, okay. uh, I'll post a link to the video of them because, you well, you obviously know how small Katie is. If she goes buck ten, I'd I'd be surprised. And <laughs> Margie, uh, Margie, Margie, shit, I can't remember Margie's last name. Is about the same size, and Paulette's like, you know, one thirty. So she's the big one on the team. And they're <laughs> they're doing this portage to Moose Alley, which just by saying that sends shivers through some people. You know, pulling these seventy, trying to pull carries a seventy pound canoe with a kayak with all their gear and they would be going and then they'd slip fall and they'd start laughing 
and then none of them could stop laughing. <laughs> so it's it's quite hilarious, but to watch uh, these three little pigs yeah. trying to move all that stuff. But <laughs> so um, they're back, tough. So back on point, huh, hard to believe. So I mean, nationals is a thirty-hour race. It seems to me that you might be better at a nine-day race than a thirty-hour. But so how do you how do you kind of uh, fit both of them in or work for both of them? Or do you do any specific training for a shorter one or would you just rather do expeditions all the time? Yeah, I mean, I think our background has been uh, previously focused around the, like, the 30-hour races. And um, we just, uh, Jim and I just started getting to venture, or the expedition line races a couple years ago. Um, I had one or two more, I guess I had my mountain before he did, and then we did on team together. Uh, so coming into 2015, if we weren't able to do Primal Quest, um, our lone goal was USA race. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, similar as far as the training structure, um, again, it's heavy work volume for both of the above. Um, a little bit faster, I mean, uh, it's, the racing theme is getting faster and faster on these, uh, on these, uh, 30 hour races. And, uh, I'm excited to be able to push that a little bit here too. Um, but again, so we're, yeah, it's a combination there and, um, with the biking, the, the running and both of us are working a lot more on our paddling training too, because that was an area that hurt us a lot in 2014 at nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we felt like we did a little better with that. Um, and certainly, again, the, the photo section, that actually was our, our turnaround point for, for USRAs this year. Um, we, we hit the we hit the photo, and uh, we, we, since we, uh, we had the fastest split last year in 2014 for the, uh, for the orienteering section, we decided to, you know, to, um, to emphasize our strength and, and push hard on that section. Um, and we were able to, to uh, have the fastest time by, oh, by, by quite a few minutes there. Um, AS and uh, uh, Technu um, had pretty solid times as well, but we came in, punched the, the final flag at the same time as Technu, so that propelled ourselves from, I don't know, eighth or ninth place to be right in there in the, in the top three where wow. we'd maintain ourselves for the rest of the race. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, was that kind of your, did you know that was going to be your, your plan the whole time? Just, that, yeah, that was our plan. Um, I didn't know how it would, that would, you know, impact us as well as it did. We kind of like, it set us into race mode um, a little bit stronger, so we were able to push a little bit harder. And um, and Jim was um, Jim was in beast mode uh, through the race. And uh, I mean, he's all he's had a very good year as well racing. Uh, so uh, we we split nav um, for this one. Uh, it's our first time doing doing it like that, and it worked out very well. We were. We were able to hit the points spot on um, throughout almost the entire race. Uh, we had um, just that one part in the rhododendron where we, you know, we, were, we were shifting around for a little while on the on the one hillside. But um, our 15, 20 minutes of, of searching that we thought we had lost a couple places because it actually turned out to be a rather quick time to find the point when, yeah. when all was said and done. So, yeah. So, yeah it, it, we are the plan along all along though was to you know let that propel ourselves to the, the foot section um into the rest of the race and, and it worked out very well so yeah um how do you handle a race where it rains for thirty hours 
Because it kind of sucks. But it sucks for everybody. Yeah, um, the race for 30 hours, you're saying? Yeah. I, yeah, I mean... I mean, you, it's, know, it, you know, it's raining up into it. I mean, how do you mentally <laughs> get into a, a good place? <laughs> Well, for me, actually, the the rain was a was a good side because um, I was you know having some heat troubles earlier that month at um, at the North American or the NARS race. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I guess my pole vault coach used to tell me, "Hold, run fast and hold on." Well, <laughs> so we you know start start out strong and just keep going. And yeah. uh, for the thirty hour races, as you know, I mean, there's really no time to be to be stopping and resting. Um, yeah. Just, Taking each leg as it comes and, and pushing as hard as you can through, through that part. Um, yeah. I was surprised at how quickly we were moving. We, we actually were under where my time estimates were. Um, as, as we started, we, we hit that paddle section in the day, like the second paddle. Um, and I was expecting that originally to be a nighttime paddle. Hmm. Um, which was, which was nice because then obviously we knew we were, uh, going to have an opportunity to sleep after the finish line. Uh, so that's always a good feeling when you can sleep and then get up for breakfast a little bit while rested. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, starting out, uh, pushing yourself and um, just being smart though too. Uh, and that's you know, so Jim took up the tow line and uh, and helped Katie out on some of the um, on the climbs for for the bike section mm-hmm. um, and uh, just maintain ourselves so we went you know went red line. Um, but keeping a steady progression and and keeping uh, AAS in sight as we maintain probably about that 10 minute uh, difference between us and them and I think uh, technically it was another 10 or 15 minutes ahead of them most of the race. No, so just yeah, just focusing on racing and um, do you like uh, this? This this is a dumb sounds like a dumb question, but do you like racing or? Actually, or do you like it when you have a 24-hour lead? Because they're, they're, they're kind of two different mindsets, right? You know, you get somebody 10 minutes in front of you you're trying to catch, and you got somebody a day behind you that you're trying to stay in front of. And, and you know, Some people don't like to race, even though they race. But so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as far as a 24-hour lead, I've only had that once in my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> over the rest of the field. Um but I mean, honestly, I like both. the uh, The twenty four hour lead is kind of a odd scenario where I mean, you can put that into a short race perspective, and you know, or a thirty hour race perspective, you'll have a couple hour lead, and and there it's just like, all right, don't do anything stupid. And so if, if you're, you're navigating, it's just like, all right, make sure you. I mean, you could blow a lot of time with a misnavigation or or something of that sort. So it's a little bit more pressure on that component. Um, I love the the race sense where you're back and forth um, with people who are actually becoming your close friends because you see them around race to race. Yeah. Uh, AAS and us uh, furnished two weeks before um, uh, at NARS um, over 30 hours of racing, furnished 10 minutes apart. And the whole race we kept flip-flopping. We'd go different directions and end up at the CP at the same time. Wow. Um, and, and again, uh, you know, nationals, we were seeing each other and, in transitions at the end or, um, you know, just very close to each other. And, and, and that's a, uh, I enjoy that because it helps you continue to push even a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that goes back to a little bit of my track background too, where 
you know, you, you have the, the competition around you, um, but as a decathlete, they're also kind of people you get to know because you're right. you're spending you know two days with them, so you know them, but you're using them to fuel yourself to to move a little bit faster, whether it's a fifteen hundred or you know to have more a little bit extra oomph into the into your javelin throw, um, and and so yeah, I, I, I mean. I'm not going to say I'd prefer to not have that 24-hour lead because I'd always prefer to have that. Yeah. But I do enjoy the racing. It's when you have people close and, and pushing you on, and um, and you're able to you know keep keep coming down that lead and you know and exceed your expectations and passing them, and and that's exciting. Yeah. Um, all right. Here's here's something that's probably kind of stupid, but I I'm curious. Is a decathlon sort of like an adventure race because you're competing against other people, but for most of your events, you're not really head to head with them, like you know, javelin and stuff like that. Um, does that make sense, or am I an idiot? Well, yeah, what's what, what your question but, comparing that to adventure race? <laughs> yeah, because you, yeah, because you know, you're you're racing another team or ten teams, but you actually are not seeing them, so you're sort of racing the course. Yeah. And at the decathlon, you're you're kind of racing the points, right? I mean. Oh yeah, you're. So, I think the part that's most trans. I mean, there's very little uh, transferability. Yeah, there's not a lot of that, But I mean, you're, you're you're <laughs> it's like you're out, you're out there for a thirty-hour race or you know nine-day race, and people are like, oh, what's your background? You know, I've done a bunch of Ironmans, and you know, what's your background? I was a triple jumper in decathlon in college. <laughs> <laughs> I used to run 100, you know, 113 feet down the runway before. Um, before playing in the sand. Um, but I think something that, and I actually coach track and field as well for, um, for the college level. And, um, I think something that's transferable for the multi sport athlete or the multi discipline athlete, the, the decathlete is you're going to have bad segments or you're going to have, uh, bad events. Um, so I don't know of really anybody. I can think of one or two examples who actually PR'd in all their events in the decathlon, but that is such a rarity. Um, you always have one or two that you could have done better, you know, something screwed up. But you have to take that, and um, you can be frustrated for a quick moment, but then you have to dismiss it and because you have, you know, uh, seven more events or six more events still ahead of you. Yeah. Um, and just focus on, you know, what's upcoming. And, and the same thing with adventure racing, you know, you could have a um, an error in the navigation, you could have a bad paddling leg, um, but dwelling on the on the bad leg only creates that negative energy, whereas if you can be focusing on, you know, what's still ahead, you know, okay, now we're going to go transition to foot, this is an opportunity for us to um, just gain back some of that time that we lost and to, you know, to push through um, on a different discipline. And when you can take that type of mentality where, you know, okay, screwed up on the one event, you know, and the decathlon, time to move on, or screwed up on that one, like, uh, time to, you know, to bounce back as well. So I think that's part of where the transferability is. Um, going head-to-head with, with competition, you have um, only really three events, you know, the one, four, and, and uh, the 15 where you're actually on the or in the hurdle, so four events, and then on the uh, um, on the track with the competition at the same time. But, but even there, and if you're doing a long jump and someone, you know, uh, hits a hits a big mark and uh, you kind of get pumped up because you want to win the long jump in, in the deck and uh, and you may have a little bit of extra energy for that one as well. So yeah, yeah that's uh, 
I, it's very interesting. Yeah, you have a bad event, you have a bad leg. Yeah, you, you scream and yell and curse a little bit and then move on, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and that's I think that uh, an element that separates some teams, you know, and helps some teams finish. And um, everyone will make errors sometimes, right? How about how can you minimize the impact of those errors? And yeah. um, and obviously, you know, making the error, recovering quickly on your navigation from the error or whatever it be, that's that's one part. But um, keeping the uh, keeping a positive attitude um, and uh, you know. For me, it's an optimistic perspective. I believe that um, helps me to push a little bit harder, and um, and and honestly, really enjoy what I do when I'm racing. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, yeah, I never saw you with a frown on your face. <laughs> Not to say the time, <laughs> but um, do you think you're going to be a better expedition racer or a better 30-hour racer, eventually. <laughs> well, I'll tell you where the goal is. <laughs> okay. Um, the, goal, the goal is uh, to uh, to continue down the expedition path. And, I mean, so now I have, um, honestly, every race I'm doing, getting a little bit more experience under my belt. Um, done Untamed, done Belize, done Primal Quest. Um, learning a lot each time. Yeah. Um, I mean, so many... With the experience of Roy and Mary, you can you know learn a lot from from them as well throughout the race, and just you know little things here and there that make you a little bit faster. But the goal is to be um, to be progressing stronger on the world scale, and you know that's the expedition racing scene. Um, and uh, it obviously requires a certain amount of flexibility of schedule with the time off, and um, as we all balance you know several things in life. But um, I see that as a place for um, just a lot of opportunity. I, I enjoy uh, racing to multiple days, typically in um, fairly strong with the sleep deprivation component. And um, yeah, so and I can see, I can see, uh, Jim as well is very, very strong and and progressing as, as even as time goes on. So um, that's a place for uh, for the goal is you know to continue to grow stronger in the expedition world. Love the thirty-hour races, so that's that's going to be you know something always to keep keep in play. And um, honestly, one of the best ways to train for long races is, is doing other races as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, do you think that that having finished Primal Quest is going to have the you know the cyclists call it the Tour de France you know effect? Once you finish the tour, you just your body is just stronger than it ever was. But in 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 kind of the same way, is every other race from now on going to be easy? Because <laughs> a lot of people said that Primal Quest was the hardest race they ever did. I mean, Warren Bates, um, you know, and these people have done a lot of races. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're going to have to get into a really hellish situation before you say, oh, this is worse than Primal Quest was. So, I mean, do you think that's going to give you an advantage for a few years? Because... You've been through hell and survived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely named hell too. <laughs> yeah. Stinking race. Uh, I mean, absolutely, it helps you. It helps will help me in other words preparing for other races. Um, when you're in it, um, you know, that's an element of suffering. Well, if you've experienced worse, um, Roy was talking. You know, one part in the race was um, keeping each other awake and discussing. Okay, what's the what's the hardest race you've ever done? And you know, I think I could say. 
you know, two thirds of the race that this was the hardest race I've ever done. And there's still more ahead of us, you know? Um, and, uh, I mean, as you're looking at 30 hour races after it, you're like, it's just all I need to pack. That was easy. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's, as part of the preparation that you have, I'll have the experience coming into as well as even the, in the during that will, will give me that fact. As far as the training component, shoot, I could even say during the race, I felt like I was, you know, getting stronger as the race went on, on, uh, on, on the mountain biking legs. And, um, so maybe even before the, you know, the post tour effect, you know, even during it, <laughs> you start doing some of the effects, but yeah, no, yeah, I can hear that. Um, one one more primal quest question until I think of another one. How long did you guys think it was going to take you when it when you first saw the route? Because I know myself and and some other people I talked to, everybody's like, "Well, four or five days be done." You know, just it just didn't seem like it was going to take that long. Like, you know, and I don't know why because it was long distances. But well, did you guys have a time you were thinking before you started? Well, the maps weren't released actually until after we finished the first PAL yeah. session. And so from there it was um, getting estimates on and route on the following bike as we were moving forward. And so the big scope and the big picture of things, we were expecting about six days. Um, before the race came around, we were saying six and a half um, as, the, as the maps were released. Um, knowing that there was a lot of single track on the Tahoe Rim Trail, the Western States Trail, um, a lot of elevation to gained as well. Um, we were originally saying about six days. Um, and I think we would have, I mean, honestly, we would have finished about a day earlier had we not had hell. Um, so we would have been, we have been pretty close to our original, um, estimates. And, and there are many areas where, um, we could have moved a little bit quicker here and there. And, you know, um, but I think you have that in every race as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, altogether, we're looking at it being being short of a week. Uh, <laughs> when, when we got into those last days, uh, the conversation was, "Well, we were planning to be done by now." Yeah, but here we are. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we should be at we should be at the casino by now, but we're not. We're in the middle of nowhere. You know. um, exactly. I mean, it was a good opportunity to get to know the teammates a little better. I think one point, Mary was saying, "You know, she didn't want to see the race ending." You know, so. <laughs> or yeah. sarcasm on the side, I guess. Uh, thanks for that that omen yeah. that actually dictates some of our future. <laughs> cool. Um, did those guys, Mary and Roy, was it any point where local knowledge helped you guys out a lot? <laughs> so Mary used to live by uh, Tower Rim Trail yeah. in that first section, um, and and at that stage, um, that was you know right at the beginning. Moving fast, um, uh, establishing her lead. Um, I could tell her, you know, the checkpoint was by so and so pond, and oh yeah, I know what that is. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and and uh, take the lead here, and and I'll follow. So it actually became a race that um, we had four people navigate throughout the race, which well, I've, I've nice. never seen before. Mary was uh, uh, on the uh, Nevada side and. Um, up to Tahoe, um, had a lot of experience in that area, um, and, um, and, and knew the trails there. So that was nice. Um, and, and the day, obviously we were following the Tahoe room trail for most of the, most of the time. Um, but, 
she had ridden on all the parts of the Tower Rim Trail minus, minus a couple miles section before. Um, so that that was nice to have in, in that space where it's like, yeah, this is this is where we're supposed to be. Um, made it a little bit more relaxed. Uh, and then Roy, we actually went not too far from his place. Um, so when we uh, did the uh, lower fork of the American River, the paddling there, um, and then the next foot section. Um, so that that came to our to our advantage, uh, I guess, to an element. But I, I still think really where we were able to sell was the fact that um, in that in that part we we saw the time that we needed to hit, um, saw the leg, and uh, I believe that they were saying the estimate was between you know. 18, 20 hours when race tractors were putting together. And when I first looked at it, I gave it about, you know, an 18 hour estimate for, for the overall leg. And, and then, uh, Roy, uh, since he was familiar with that area, he, um, he, uh, navigated throughout and, um, I mean, just did a really clean job. Um, and we all just could focus on, on running and pushing it. Um, we, we had a couple parts there where it still was, uh, I mean, over by the our second river crossing, um, where Roy hadn't been there for a long time and, you know, roads had changed and uh, just trying to figure out, you know, make sure we knew exactly where we were on the map where we did all back and forth. So we lost a little bit of time on that, but um, quickly we were able to, you know, put ourselves back onto, onto point and, and keep moving forward. So I, the impact really came into four of us actually navigated throughout the race and um, we could relax a little bit more on mentally on a couple of components, but yeah, uh, that, or even, you know, from there, where we could find ice cream. So that was good, too. <laughs> Being able to mentally relax is should not be underrated, right? I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're racing for so long, it's obviously both physically as well as mentally taxing. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean you're, you know, ignoring the map and, and then making a really stupid mistake because that's how you do lose massive leads. Um, or, you know, you take roads that you're not allowed to be taking because you just didn't even, you know, even evaluate that route. So we're, we're constantly engaged. Um, but it enabled you to focus more on, okay, moving forward and, uh, um, that's Mary tore it up on the, on the mountain bike on the Tahoe Room Trail. So, yeah. yeah. So, okay. Just a couple more things and, you can get while well, you're not studying now. You gotta get ready again, right? Get back in mode. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. Uh, shoot, now I'm gonna now I put it. What was I gonna say? Oh, ADD, Alzheimer's is a bad thing. Shoot, I did have. Hey, I actually had a good question for you, um, but well, well. Oh, I here we go. Um, do you have a schedule plan for next year yet? You kind of got an idea what you want to do, or you still? Uh, still finalizing yeah. my plans. I want to do uh, two expedition races. Um, I would like to be going uh, back in the international uh, races as well. Um, so part of that's dependent upon you know teammates and schedules and and who you can you know put together for for each race. Uh, obviously, uh, USA Rays will, will be concluding uh, the national race schedule. Um, but besides that, uh, there's a lot of fluid. It's pretty fluid at this moment. Yeah. Um, finishing up grad school, uh, which has been a completely different rhythm of life for me from you know working full-time and then coaching full-time and 
um, and then training full time. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm, you know, studying full time and, and training. Um, but also knowing where I'm going to be um, in a couple months from now, I'm still making that, you know, the final decisions. And uh, I think that will also determine what, you know, races I'm doing in, in, in each location. Yeah, you got to make some like real life decisions. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like obviously, uh, expedition races, um, uh, God's own's been a bucket list one to be doing, and there's certainly a good opportunity out there. Um, Expedition Africa has always looked awesome. Um, yeah. That's a really good time schedule for me after after grad school ends. Um, and uh, then we have, you know, obviously Primal Quest coming around and yeah. uh, a couple others here in the U.S. So um, it's a lot, of, a lot of good races for next year. It's, it'll be exciting to see everything being released for Primal Quest 2016. Yeah. Um, I think they did, they did a real good job putting it together. And, um, I mean, organizationally, um, a little, I guess, promotion for them in that sense. They, um, it was one of the best run uh, events. I mean, they had only had 11 teams, but still very detailed um, with having volunteers at every place, yeah. uh, making sure everything was well taken care of throughout, from check-in throughout the until uh, the uh, final ceremony. Yeah, I mean, that's that was huge. And I think, honestly, I think a lot of people were looking at it this year thinking, well, it, you know, is it going to happen? Is it a race? And, and those questions, and is it going to be a good race? And I think those questions mm-hmm. have all been answered positively. So, yeah, I think, yeah, uh, I, I would, my guess is at least double, if not triple the teams next year. I, who knows if there's 30 teams, but I'll bet you there's 20 minimally. So, yeah. And, and I mean, obviously we have, um, we have other, races that you, you have a set number of crazy people out there who can do yeah. or who even have a desire to do expedition races and, and this past year we had um alaska which i mean we say the word alaska people want to jump on and they did a fantastic job there yeah. from what i've heard um and cowboy tough and final quest you know all pulling from a similar domestic crowd yeah uh, so i i see that primal quest might bring more uh international I you know it could be very easily be a couple of uh, New Zealand teams this you know next year and maybe you know maybe a European team or two so you know world you know everybody wants to go to the World Series and I I don't blame them you know do the qualifiers but um, mm-hmm. you know if you want to go race ten days hard and Primal Quest might just be the ticket you know. oh yeah I mean. Some of these long races where you got to push yourself, and some of the hardest races, right? You had Patagonia going for a long time, where people would be, you know, just talking about how crazy and hard the course was, and and, and Primal Quest as well. And and I hope, I mean, it would be great seeing a lot more international teams as well. Um, yeah. Obviously, you have to have the Americans uh, beat the Kiwis next year. Um, but <laughs> we'll see, right? It'll That's right. Be interesting. So good group of people, though. Yes, wonderful people. So, um, okay, there's only one more question I have to ask you. So, sure. let's say you're going to Primal Quest in August, and you start packing now. Are you still packing your gear the night before you leave? I'm a person who likes to pack my gear as early in advance as I can. Uh oh, um, one of those. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I have checklists. I have you know plan. You know that way. There's always stuff that you're packing the night before because you know you need another um, couple snacks or or whatever it be. But um, 
I've had a lot of scenarios where, you know, you just have funny things happen. Uh, I've had my car break down on the way to races. You know, some people pack their food when they get to the race or, you know, the next four. And because I've had my pack ready, I was able to show up to a race five minutes later and start racing. Um, oh. And so I like I like to, uh, to pack early. I wouldn't pack this early, obviously. But, um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you, start, you start making those plans and those, you know, those purchases and, and, and getting things through uh, as early as possible. I mean, a little bit of the organizational side there is, um, and I think I think that's where the race honestly starts, right? It's, yeah. Um, once once you hit the race course, it's too late for some of those preparations and and your efficiency of developing a gear bin. Um, and I mean, from there, also you know, continue to learn more from areas through racing there. Um, but um, and so you know, organizing yourself. Um, for a quick transition, organizing yourself so you can get plenty of sleep the night before the race. Uh, that all comes into play yeah. weeks before even the race begins. Yeah. I mean, for a long race. Yeah, a couple days before for a yeah. shorter race. Yeah, let's face it. I mean, Primal Quest is really like a 13-day race when you start thinking about getting ready and traveling. And, you know, you don't get much sleep those last four or five days, really. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Jim and I got out there a couple of days early for for PQ. Me for the fact that I've been living on sea level and had some time to adjust to the altitude as well, and um, and you know just to get to know Mary and Roy a little bit. But yeah. even then, both of our flights um, uh, had major delays and took us an extra day to get out there. I was yeah. stuck in Phoenix one night, and he was stuck in I think Colorado or Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it was good to give ourselves a little bit more time for the yeah. preparations. Yeah, I never understand these. Yeah, the race the race is over at 5 o'clock. We have a 7 o'clock flight. <laughs> Does it make sense to me? I, I gave Katie a hard time about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, I, uh, very conveniently for me flying to Belize, there's a 11-hour layover going and a 14-hour layover coming back. But, yeah, what do you do? Learn to love airports, right? I love it. So. Cool. This has been fun. And uh hope it didn't bring back too many bad memories of Hellhole. But you know what? <laughs> yeah, hopefully I won't have those dreams again. But <laughs> <laughs> but oh. don't you oh. always remember the miserable parts of races really well? They're kind of fun gotcha. after. They're kind of fun. Well, I mean, I would have, you know, I think it would have been more fun to not have had that experience. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you're you're right. You learn perhaps even more from the mistakes yeah. rather than even the parts you do well. But it, it was it was a good end to the um, end to the season here. With um, we got second place at Primal Crest, we got second place at NARS, and then a second place at, at USARA. So Not we're gonna translate a couple of them up a little bit. But um, it, it was an exciting finish and uh, to a to a crazy year, you know, mixture of both uh, grad school and, and, and living in Florida for a time. So, hell of a year if you ask me. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks. This has been fun. So, um, Randy, thank you. It's right. a pleasure. We'll be talking later. We'll see you hopefully sometime later this I look forward, next year. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you out there in the trails. Hopefully some random time where you may or may not have Mountain Dew hidden in your pack. That's true. All you got to do is ask people. That's the rule. Well, the other part was make sure we could get you onto the right path and, and help That's you right. come unmoss, apparently. <laughs> <laughs>
Yep, I don't even I I don't even deny that I was lost. I but I knew I knew how to get back to where I could get back, but I was gonna have to wait for daylight. So, well, you know, and he, even after I got back up there with you guys, you know, I it still took me forever to get down because I missed the trail again by about ten feet. But I was a little smarter and knew every time I get cliffed out, I'd go left, and it worked out that time. So, hey. It was the worst part of the race for well, me, glad. but it's, it's my best story. <laughs> well, I'm glad we were able to be there to help you uh, <laughs> yeah. make sure you went on the on the right path. And, you know, it was good to see you, too, and with the knowledge of the potential Mountain Dew and the <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. at a very low time for us. Glad to be of service. So, All right, thanks. Awesome. We'll talk to you later. All right, thank you. All right, bye. Watch the legions of gray marching away down to the bus and the train armed with briefcase umbrella the clock and bank teller once more bravely into the fray ridiculed by the rest of society's whores as Johnny no mates and a Triplicate cheers and heroic tears for the men in the gray flannel suits. On the platform they wait and anticipate the battle that lies ahead. Calls to be made, invoices to be paid. All to keep us from the red So it's one more fruit polo and seven across Pray to the prophet and offset the loss On your knees and give thanks for insurance and banks And the men in the great flannel suit They gave us third world that sold us the internet All for a diary and ceramic pig They make the world revolve, factories and jobs dissolve In voice we sing of their rise and their fall But don't get one jot of it all At the end of the day Watch the legions of grey Marching back up the hill Eating their rations in military fashion Then fall asleep watching the bill Tomorrow they'll repossess Mr. Jones' farm And Greece General Pinochet's bloody stained palm Wore khaki and boots But this new one wears grey flannel suits Watch the legions of grey Marching away Watch the legions of grey
watch the legions of grey. 